When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where you go? Hey, how about you, everybody? Welcome into this week's edition of the Auburn Live Recruiting Show. I'm your host, Jeffrey Lee, Senior Recruiting Editor for Auburn Live on 3, and I am joined, as I always am, by three of the most knowledgeable Reporters, insiders, insiders alive mm. on this planet. Mr. Keith Niebuhr, Mr. Cole Peace, and Mr. Jay Head. How about you, fellas? How about you, brother? Mm. About Looking it? good. Hey, guys. Had lots of go- lots going on this week. We just capped it over. We are recording this Thursday afternoon, just a few moments after Justin Rogers, the former top 50 overall player in the 2020 class, has committed to Auburn defensive lineman with two years of eligibility coming from Kentucky. Jay Head, let's get started with you, big dog. Big big addition? Very big addition, both figuratively and literally. Mm. Now, Justin Rogers is a pure nose tackle as far as that's concerned. He could probably move out and play some three-tech for you, but he is a definition of a run stopper. And in the new defense, contingent on what front we're going to be in, whether it's going to be a three-man front or a four-man front, you need a nose tackle that can absolutely dominate the line of scrimmage and allow the rangier linebackers that Ron Roberts likes in his system to have the freedom to roam. Justin Rogers can do this. He can eat up blocks. Uh, he can two-gap and play both A-gaps. He has not played up to his potential just yet, okay? He was a top 100-rated player by every recruiting service in the country back in 2020. He's played well, and particularly in the Georgia game this past year, I think he had six tackles and two tackles for loss against the most dominant run team they faced all season. But he probably hasn't played up to that lofty ranking just yet. Jeremy Garrett, who we've already seen has been a very good recruiter on uh, on the recruiting scene for us, had an outstanding season coaching the Liberty defensive line last year, was tutored by Chris Kiffin, who's an NFL defensive line coach, and been a fantastic college defensive line coach himself. Let's see what Jeremy Garrett can get out of him. Can he get like he did for Dre Butler, somebody Auburn fans should be aware of? He got Dre's best season out of him. Can he do that for this prospect? I hope that he can because if he can get the top-end effort out of uh, out of Rodgers, we got ourselves a really, really good player, guys. Let's see. And he's just the latest. You know, Auburn has all added several guys. Keith and I went over a few of these uh, on Inside the 20 earlier this week. And we talked a little bit about it on Sunday. But since then, you've had uh, receiver Nick Mardner. You've had Lawrence Johnson, the defensive lineman from Purdue. You've had Avery Jones, the interior offensive lineman center from East Carolina. And now you've got Justin Rogers. Justin Rogers to go with Lawrence Johnson uh, to go with Elijah McAllister there on the outside. Who was the other defensive tackle? So we had Kite. Masili. Yeah, yeah Masili Kite. Uh, yeah, for, when you're looking at – were you finished? I'm sorry. No, I, I was actually hoping that the uh, the portal rankings had been updated. They're still on – Auburn still has 10. Yeah. So still keep flying. Yeah, when you look at the individual position rankings for each of these pickups, I mean, these aren't these – aren't, look, what did we say they're in, you know – 
a month ago, they could have 10 new starters come out of the transfer portal. And by God, they might. Justin Rogers, number six defensive lineman in the transfer portal. Avery Jones, number 15 inside lineman. He'll be a center. Very well starting, be the starting center. Brian Batiste probably won't be the starting running back, but he's a number three running back in the portal. Lawrence Johnson, number 17 defensive lineman. Demario Tolan, number 16 linebacker. Nasili Kite, uh, uh, the number 15 defensive lineman. And then Gunnar Britton, the number three offensive tackle. Dylan Wade, the number 21 offensive tackle. And Rivaldo Fairweather, the number five tight end. I mean, guys, you're looking at just the 11 guys they have right now out of the transfer quarter. I think like seven of these guys are going to be starters. Any, I mean, any disagreement with that? And I think all 11 are too deep. It's not like we picked up somebody who's not going to be a contributor. You're right, Keith. Not only is it just starters, but you're talking about heavy rotation players. But Jeff guys Ritchie, are going to log major minutes. But just now we were talking the other day on the Inside the 20 podcast sponsored by the Rick Smith Golf Show in Miami. And, uh, and uh, no, actually, actually it's sponsored by our guy, uh, Caleb. Hey, what, Caleb, I'm, I'm blanking. Caleb Schofield. Caleb Schofield at, uh, uh, at uh, Mike, Mike Patton. Mike Patton Auto, LaGrange, <laughs> Georgia. Flip it out here. Uh, Caleb Schofield, Mike Patton Auto, and LaGrange. But on that show we were saying, and, and we'll say it again here, you know, the first – this is survival mode for Hugh Freeze, J-Head, right now. This, this first offseason is just let's build a team, man, because if, if you don't figure something out, you ain't even going to survive next year. Absolutely. So they're in survival mode. Next year it'll be – they're going to have to take a lot of guys again, I think, out of the portal. But it won't be a survival mode. It'll be, all right, let's take that next step. And I think by year three, it's going to be – they're going to be more along the lines of being able to go to the portal and say, hey, we have a little bit of a need here and a little bit of a need there. Let's fill those in. But, man, they are hitting an absolute home run. And, and you know what? I wasn't sure that you could build a team like this out of the portal. But FSU did it. Mm-hmm. The ACC and the SEC are two different animals. But FSU did it. They just won 10 games. They're killing the portal again, and now people think they're the favorites in the ACC. So why can't Auburn make that kind of jump? I mean, just two seasons ago, guys, FSU had a losing record. They just won 10 games. Mm -hmm. They went from a losing record to 10 games. So why can't Auburn do something like that? Now, obviously, they still have some big needs, and Jeffrey and I have been been talking about this, you know, quarterback, you know. Yes. I mean, Robbie Ashford, even if you think he's the guy, and he very well may be, you still got to have depth in that room and – Somebody's got to push him. What if he gets hurt? I mean, Robbie Ashford, run, even if you love him, and we do, he runs a lot, he gets hit a lot, you get dinged up a lot. you got to yeah. have somebody else. So there's still a lot of work to be done. But, my God, every day we're saying, look how much better the roster looks now than it did four weeks ago. Every day. Absolutely. Every day. Go every ahead, Jeffrey. Yeah. Well, I, before we, we get into it any more, uh, I want oh, yeah. Zach, Zach to put up that pretty face, that pretty little blonde-headed Let's girl. Let's pay some bills. I like it. <laughs> Hey, if you're looking for a home in or around Auburn, Opelika, Lee County, uh, look no further. Jessica Andrews, she can do it all. Folks, give her a call with EXP Realty, 334-704-4442. Residential investment properties are really, really popular right now, especially in and around Auburn. Looking to do that, or if you're looking to move, man, she can do it all. Five-star realtor Jessica Andrews with EXP Realty, 334-704-4442. Tell her we sent you. I mean, is this a is, is there a better time to be a realtor than in Auburn right now? Everywhere you go, there's new houses being built. The, the prices of homes are skyrocket. I mean, this is a, a lot of a lot of flips too in Auburn. Man, you're taking some of these some yeah. of these uh, smaller priced homes, putting a little bit of money into it, and flipping them or renting them out. Man, renting them out. Oh, you're yeah, killing it in a college town. Mm-hmm. College towns are great for us because we love the sports, but not to get too off track here. But they're great for families too, because if you're looking for a place to live and if you can find a job. That, that fits what you or your wife want, want uh, uh, 
you never have to worry about schools, the school system in a college town, because professors, kids, they ain't letting their kids go to, to crummy schools now. Good, yeah. good school system. And yeah. I, I, Brooks walked to school till he was, shit, till he was 12. This was his first year of not walking to school. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Hey, uh, yeah. another position of need, linebacker. You know, we yes. talked about Demario Tolan, former four-star recruit from LSU, coming up with three years of eligibility. Another guy we talked about a little bit, I think, on the call-in show, Jay Head, uh, was Austin Keyes, the linebacker yes. from Ole Miss. You, oh, man, wouldn't it be nice to get an addition from him? And I've, I, 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 I've, I've, I know um, our Ole Miss site, and said Austin Keys plans to visit this weekend, and I've checked with Chuck on, on the back end, and he, um, I, I want, I want to get that confirmed. I've got a couple of hooks in the water waiting on a couple of bites. Yes. But as of right now, I think it's safe to say the kid at least plans to, um, to visit. If you could get another linebacker, I think, to me, is that is that the last position of need on defense no, besides edge. Edge to me, and I listed a top five of positions that I think we That's need right. to continue to add to this class. And obviously, number one was quarterback, but two and three, which are reversible in my opinion, are linebacker and edge. Those are the two positions. If you can add them, and look, there are not a lot of premier edge defenders in the portal. It just doesn't happen that way. Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. There may be, <laughs> but as of, as of now, there are not. And when there is, it is a feeding frenzy and a half to get one linebacker there's a little bit more depth there and to me Austin Keys is that prototype Mike linebacker that you need that can take on guards tackles spill things back inside be aggressive playing downhill and we sorely missed that guy last year we just didn't have mm. that player Owen Papo is a fantastic linebacker maybe even a better human being than he is a linebacker but a very good player he was used kind of in my opinion incorrectly until the transition or, or the Harson regime started to end and Jeff Schmetti got a little more creative with how he used OP. A little bit more freedom. Yes. Austin Keys, that's a downhill guy. Demario Tolan, more of a weak side guy, a guy that can play in space, a guy that can run, hit, do all the things that you want to do as, as a typical linebacker playing against a spread system. But when you play teams like Georgia that are getting two tight sets and try to run the ball down your throat, you need a guy like Austin Keys that can come up and enforce – and play very with heavy hands in the run game. He would be a big pickup in my opinion. Now I haven't. I've looked very little at his tape enough to enough to know that he can fit in this defense. I'm going to probably do a deeper uh, film study on him as we get closer. Should we sign him or get him committed in the class? But just what I've seen from on the hoof and the very little I've seen in highlights, um, he he is not afraid to take on a guard, and he's definitely not afraid to pop a running back. That's for sure. You know, they're getting to the point now, they've done so well, guys, that now, even if they got nobody else during this early period, after spring practice when there's that next wave of transfers, they can be real selective. They should, they're only going to have a few needs. They're really going to know the roster significantly more, have a significant, a significant name more, um, what's the word I'm looking for, their understanding of the roster at that point, what they have, what they need. And uh, no, they're in a good spot, man. I, I really, I, I think they've made such good progress here uh, that uh, I think they're they're now in a position where, you know, the other thing, they're now in a position to really kind of finish with the home run or, or cap it all off after spring. But you can feel some depth needs. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you know, twenty-one high school and JUCO guys, I think. Yep, twenty-one. That's Eleven transfers, so that's thirty-two. So people keep asking how many, how many. Well, we heard all fall it could be forty to forty-five. 
I don't even know what the final number is. A new staff is uh, sometimes a little skittish about that info getting, info getting out even more yeah. staff that's been there a long time. But I do know this. If they have a need, they have the room. That's not yeah. an issue. You know what, you said it best on Inside the 20, and I actually posted that today on somebody's question about how many spots do we have left, and I said, Keith said this. Auburn is not uh, – if there's a player Auburn wants, they're not going to get not go after that guy because of a guy they already have. Yeah. I, I have a friend in the coaching business, and I asked him once. I was like, how – do you guys, when you're thinking about pursuing prospects, does it – does we have a certain number at this position. Does it bother you? Do you – you start to tighten up and think, okay, how are we going to make this work? And he smiled at me very sheepishly and said, Alan, the numbers always work out. So they will make the numbers work, whatever it is. If it's increasing the depth, if it's increasing the floor of the talent in that room, they need to pull the trigger on it right now. And not only, you know, because we're filling holes and gaps, but this is talking about your future recruiting here because you're going to get a product to sell on the field. If you win this Mm -hmm. year, that makes you that much more attractive in recruiting because you've got proof of concept. Hey, we were able to come in here and fix this in year one. Believe in the message that we're selling to you. Not only do you have that new coach smell working for you, you also have, you know, I mean, you've got a good product on the field. And I think they're getting to the point where it's less about need and more about depth at each and every position. Well, and I think, go ahead, Keith. I'm sorry. Good. I thought you're done. I'm sorry. I think we all made a best guess that we'd probably be able to land about 15 transfers in this class. When all this started, we thought, okay, without sacrificing quality, 15 transfers. I never thought we'd be at 11 at this point. I'm going to be completely honest with you. And the quality of those 11. Yes. It's not like this is, <clears throat> you know what I mean? I'm going to, this, this isn't a horse in 11. All right, let, let's just let's get that out there. <laughs> this is a legitimate 11 that I think a lot of teams would take. It, I it's not earlier. Oops, I catch up. Jayhead, I'm sorry. You good, man? Well, I mentioned earlier that you know they've got it's survival mode, but I should also point out that you know you you've got a guy like Tate Johnson coming back at center. Yeah. You have younger guys that could have backed him up, right? You could have said, you know what? Let's worry about other things. They're they're taking the approach that the Georgias and Alabamas are taking as well as while they survive. While they build this thing, not from the ashes, but while they build this thing up, mm-hmm. they're also saying, let's get better everywhere. Let's just – let's say, yeah, okay, I've got, I've got starters here, but like uh, – well, secondary. So, okay, they've been quiet in the secondary, but they've been looking. Yeah. Look, if they find the right guy, they're going to do what they can do to upgrade the secondary. They're not going to say, eh, we're pretty good in the secondary. We're okay. well, let's, let's just leave that alone for now and worry about other things. They're, it, it appears that they're looking at every single position group and and saying this room is uh, ha- we're going to make this room better okay mm-hmm. and that's a very good first step and again you know these guys it, it's now we're 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 still in the, in the early stages of how people are utilizing the transfer portal everybody's trying to figure it out these guys seems like they figured it out pretty fast what to do and how to do it I and would I'm- agree let's get a, 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 a quick poll here from you guys give me your most underrated prospect that we've landed in the portal and the prospect you think is the best prospect that we've landed in the portal to this point? Underrated? Yep. Let me, uh, let me check it out. Let me check well, it out. Underrated to me is a guy nobody's talking about, and that's the Rivaldo Fairweather. Mm. Okay. I like that. Even though he's the number five tight end in the transfer portal rankings, not a lot of people are talking about it because nobody thought, hey, we have a real big need at tight end. Ah, but in this system, in Hugh Freeze's system, you did have a big need at tight end because you didn't necessarily have the kind of guys – that he's utilized in the past. 
the long and lean guys like Rivaldo Fairweather, i.e. Evan Ingram, who's having a, another breakout year in the NFL who played for Freeze at Ole Miss. So to me, if this guy's the real deal, he's probably going to catch 30 to 40 passes. I mean, I love Luke Deal. I, 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 I mean, Luke Deal's one of my favorite players on the team. But it's a different – and uh, Tyler Fromm's got a, a lot of ability. They're just different kinds of tight ends in this guy. So, uh, although Fromm's a little bit of both, I'd say. Um, but I think he's a guy that fits exactly everything they want out of a tight end. Well, let's say, let's say, let's say this. If, if you were ranked – if you had to rank these guys 1 to 11, if you had to rank those guys 1 to 11, who would be 11? Probably McAllister would be my guess. I think McAllister would be 11. But my most underrated, and because of – it's the fit. It's Nick Mardner. And it's not just because he's oh, a guy. I love Nick get, yeah. It's not just because he's a guy that can get vertical in the red zones because Marcus Davis knows how to use him. He's coached him before. He knows what pass patterns to put him in, how to utilize him on the field, where he feels comfortable. I love the built-in relationship already there with our wide receiver coach, especially when you've got a quarter, an offensive coordinator and a head coach that love to put the ball in the air as much as they do. So I think he's vastly underrated at this point because of the fit at Auburn. Not necessarily because of the skill set, but knowing your players. And we saw this last year with Ike when he was talking about Coy Moore. He didn't know how to use the kid at first. He was still trying to get a feel for him. Marcus Davis knows exactly what to do with Nick Martin. There's not going to be any question there as far as that's concerned. So for me, he's the most underrated probably because of fit. Could, could he in certain situations – I mean, just because you call a guy a tight end – could Mardner line up in some of those? Absolutely. He could be a flex tight end as a big Y in the slot, 100%, get him matched up on a linebacker or a safety where he can utilize that body against him. No question about that. I think they're probably going to use him more as an X on the outside to kind of overpower some of these smaller corners. But that's just me spitballing here. I'll be interested to see how they use him as the season kind of progresses. Here, here you go. Here you go, fellas. Uh, I mean, it's tough to do, man. I'm looking at all 11 of these transfers, right? And I'm going, okay, a year from now, when we're sitting here doing our show, mm -hmm. a year from now, who, wh which three of these guys, which three of the 11 have made the least amount of impact? Whew. Guys, the least impact. After it's, Fairweather, for me, I got to take – Jeff, I'm sorry. I'm cutting everybody off. No, no. So so you would have Fairweather – so you're from I'll now. Say the more I think about it, you know, Batie was not in the portal very long. No. That says something. I, I like Matee. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, you you go back to Ole Miss, and what did he have? He had guys that could catch the ball out of the backfield, guys that could do a little bit of everything. And now you don't have to have Jarquez Hunter returning kickoffs. And th this guy could probably do – so he might be a guy that gets you a little bit there and a little bit here and, you know, can be a guy that's great on wheel routes. And, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe that guy's the most – I mean, he's the number three running back in the portal. But, again – we were all thinking O-line, D-line, right? Yeah. That's what everybody and every fan was thinking. That's where we, you know, Auburn needed to beef up. But maybe him maybe him or Fairweather, I'll say. I, I just don't know who the who three of the, the least impactful guys are. I don't know. I don't see them yet. I don't either, Jeffrey. And look, probably long-term value, you're going to pick guys that are multi-year guys over one-year guys. But I love one-year guys because they're coming in, A, to prove themselves. This is their last year. This is their shot. Two, it doesn't eat your roster space moving forward. So as you have the opportunity to upgrade there from the high school ranks the following season. You know what I mean? And it does not hurt you moving forward. So guys like Lawrence Johnson, guys like Mo, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Guys that are there to serve a purpose that have played in big leagues. I mean, the Big Ten is not a joke league by any means, guys. And these guys were starters. 
So they, and they're coming in as either a starter or a heavy rotation player to increase your depth. I just really like what they've done. It, it is a line of scrimmage league, and they have improved the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. And like you said, they've also added some weapons. You added a Nick Marner. You added a – is it Batier? It's Batie. 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 You've added a return specialist who his freshman year was the number one kick returner in the country with three touchdown return, excuse me, three kicks returned for touchdown. He was also one of 20, only 22 players that rushed for over 1,000 yards last year. A guy with two years of eligibility. He's a perfect third down back for this scheme, slash a special teams player. Reminds me a little bit of a poor man's Dexter McCluster, who we obviously, Hugh Freeze has a history with and a guy that went on to play in the NFL. I mean, it's just, it's a special class guy so far for the portal. I you know, know, about Batty, Auburn wanted a guy who who could do one of two things, a running back. He could, he could either break tackles yep. or he could make that first guy miss. This little kid is not going to break a lot of tackles, but he's going to make a lot of folks miss. Yep. You know what their D-line pickups have told me? They don't have a lot of confidence in the guys they have. Well, those guys coming back, ain't, ain't, ain't nobody giving you a job. On the, ain't nobody on this staff giving you a job just because you started last year. I, that's what it says to me, Keith, is it's competition across the board. I don't know if it's they don't have confidence more than they didn't see the depth there that they wanted to be able to rotate bodies the way well, they need to. Last two years, we saw it. Now, we don't know. Was it the D-line coaches? Was it the D-coordinator? Was it Harson? But the, the lack of a D-line D rotation mm-hmm. really problematic for Auburn in the second half of a lot of big games. I mean, the Penn State rollover was just – you know, and, and it happened, you know, for a team that had this, the, the supposedly the strength coach and the strength program that was going to build them into a second half team, we saw them wilt a lot in the second half. And, and I think part of that, I don't want to put all the blame on the strength people. Part of that, they weren't playing. They, there wasn't a real D-line rotation. You go back to the Rodney Garner years, and there were eight, nine guys. And so Derek Brown and, and Montrevious Adams and Carl Lawson and, and D Ford were fresh in the fourth quarter when it Jeff Holland. When yeah. it counted, if, if, if Carl Lawson's not fresh, and he's a true freshman, but if he's not fresh, maybe he doesn't tackle, was it T.J. Yeldon, and, you know, in the Bama game that yeah. they win in sure the was. I mean, so, you know, and, and then, so last year you're seeing the same guys out there, and you're looking at the plate, the uh, participation chart and the snap counts, and you're like, oh, my God, who plays this much? And they, yeah. you know, they, they're, not, look, they're not all American players to begin with. Now, that doesn't mean they can't be – good, solid players, but they didn't have any – there's no first-rounder. I mean, I'm talking the D-line, not sure. Iota. Um, serviceable players, but not – I mean, not only – again, not not stars playing too many snaps. Not a good combination. Would you say it's fair to say that there was a big difference between first-half defensive line and the second-half defensive line? Absolutely. Hell yes. That's what we are just saying. Yeah. Pick state game. Right. Uh, look, look no further than the Alabama game when our pass rush started to tail off two years ago in Jordan Hare. Yeah. If we'd have been a little more fresh, does Bryce Young make that drive at the very end? I don't think so. I honestly don't. And look, Bryce Young is one of the best college quarterbacks I've ever seen in my lifetime. Uh, easy I, now, easy. Yeah. He is, man. I, I got to give credit where credit is due. But I think Derek Hall is still handing it to him if he's if he's able to rotate a little bit more earlier in that game. I think he's still got the left tackle on his back heels. So you've got all these secondary guys back, and you've got all these good good cornerbacks and safeties, 
But man, if you did, if you didn't fix the defensive line, it wasn't going to matter. I mean, I mean, Keontae Scott can only cover a guy for for eleven seconds. I mean, absolutely. It's um, so this had to be done. But again, they still need still need some help at edge. I mean, when you look at, I don't, I only started covering Auburn in twenty thirteen. You guys have a much broader, you know, you go back further. But what were the best years? 2013, 2017. 2013, you had D Ford. 2017, you had Jeff Holland. 2019, another good season. Um, not as, as good as those, but you know, you were able to get some pass rush. I think yep. you had Jared Brown still in 2019, if my memory's right. It was Marlon Davidson was the leader in sacks off the strong side yeah. edge that year. But, but 20, Who's on the other side? Jeff Holland had a hell of a season. I mean, when he wasn't sacking the quarterback, he was in their face almost every down. And and that's really been you haven't Auburn just hasn't had I mean Derek Hall. Okay, so Derek Hall's yeah started in, in Leota. They were productive, very productive. But um the Auburn defenses that couldn't get off the field, what was the common denominator? They didn't have those guys. That's right. Know? I mean Ellis Johnson that second year. I mean, does anybody beat Auburn at all if if that twenty fourteen team has any kind of defensive line? Hmm. That depends on uh Nick Marshall and Reese Dismukes being able to execute a snap down there on the goal line, my man. Well, they gave three points in that game, right? Low blow. It, it was, and, it, and that one hurt me, brother. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but the point being that, you know, that's been the key to the Auburn defense, one of the key, one of the big keys to Auburn's defensive success, having a guy or two that can consistently get back there and, and pressure the quarterback. And so they, they still got to figure that out. And, 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 you know, if you're, if you're Derek Brooks, uh, Derek Brooks, if you're Dylan Brooks, you're on notice. Yes. We're going to be looking. And now's your time to kind of really take that next leap. You know? Yeah, he's the guy right now. I mean, look, I, I really like what McAllister brings to the room from a maturity standpoint, from being able to set the edge against the run. But as far as a proven pass rusher goes, we don't have that in that edge room right now or outside Jack, outside linebacker, whatever they're going to call it in this defense. Dylan Brooks is the guy that's got some twitch that can be. Like, you, you know what I mean? Obviously, Keldrick Falk could obviously be that at some point, though I think he's going to be more of a four-eye, five-tech for us. Brenton Williams could be that guy in time. But yeah. as far as a guy that can take that step next year, Dylan Brooks has got to be that guy unless you get somebody out of the transfer. Yeah. I hope to see – I hope to – God, this isn't recruiting, but I hope we see those young guys play. So then when they get to year two, they've played more than nine snaps and you have some idea what they can do. You know what I mean? But I, I, I think you will. We, not, not playing those young guys the last two years caused some of them to transfer and other ones to then be unprepared the next season. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, the defensive line's got some potential. I mean, Zakivas Walker's back. Is this finally the year that he makes that big leap? Some guys never take that leap. But, again, Robert Left, Jeff and I mentioned the other day, did take that, that leap late in his career and ended up being a dang good player. Some guys do it, you know. Yeah. Hey, uh, <clears throat> we talked about the, the three biggest needs left in the portal. Quarterback, we talked about Austin Keys at linebacker with Demario Tolan. Linebacker's got to be in there, either 2A or 2B. Edge, 2A or 2B, whichever way you want to look at it. But quarterback. Yes. And I really don't think anybody outside of that football facility really knows what's going on. But I do not think, and I think we said this earlier, Keith, there's any panic over there. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. 
Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As there is on these message boards. Yeah. And, and, and understand, I mean, listen, if, if, I, if I didn't know what was, you know, I'm not saying I, because I, I, I don't know. Right. Uh, ask me, I have no idea who, who's on the board. Now, there, there may be concern if after spring practice. I mean, who knows? We're panicking. Or they may, there may be, hey, these guys are a lot better than we thought. We don't know. But, you know, I was talking to Hugh Freeze on the phone for a few hours last night, and yeah. we were discussing that. Now. Yeah, we were out to eat, and you interrupted us. No, but, uh, you know, I think – look, obviously, they would have liked to get – and this is obvious, okay? They would have liked to get somebody in early, go through spring practice and all that. But, again, Nick Marshall didn't go through spring practice. A lot of their better transfers didn't go through spring practice. And I think – I don't know whether it was UJ Head or somebody else that said, look, the plays are all going to be similar wherever they're coming from. It's the terminology that's going to be different. But mm-hmm. a guy – most of these guys, QBs, are pretty bright guys. They could figure that out. But – uh you know, I, I still believe, and I know you guys feel the same way, I still believe that there's going to be guys that go through spring ball and don't like where they're sitting after spring practice or aren't clicking with the head coach. There, the truth is there's – now, you'd want a proven guy, obviously. But the truth is there are second teamers out there at elite programs behind elite players that would be starting for 90% of the teams out there. And, and if that's what you have to do, that's what you have to do. There's, there should be plenty of those guys – that look at the Auburn situation and say, okay, that that's fairly appealing. I think. Here, here's a good here's a good thing to remember. Auburn got a transfer quarterback in last year. Yep, he was there in the spring. Went through spring, went through summer, and was still. No, he he didn't go through spring. He was he had his hurt shoulder, didn't he? Calzada. Well, if you were talking about Robbie, you'd have been right. But if you're talking about Calzada, then you're right. It, yeah. he, well, you he, went through. You, you had two. You had two guys there, and, and you, you couldn't find a. You couldn't find what you were really looking for in either right. one of them. Um. So, do you want it right, or do you want it right now? Ooh, Jeffrey. Well, the the irony <laughs> the, the irony of it is that Robbie fits more of what you would want than what Harson would want, right? At, at the quarterback. I mean. It was never – there was no puzzle piece there, right? No. No. Um, You guys are right. Look, and I will tell you from what little bit of effort that I've tried – not a little bit, a a good bit of effort I've tried to figure out, okay, is there any panic at all in that building regarding quarterback recruiting? And the last thing I got was they have a plan and they feel comfortable with that plan. That was as much as I got back, and it was said to me in a way that was not panicked at all. So they're aware of what's going on behind the scenes. I think they feel comfortable with where they stand right now. And the last thing that you want to do is add to your roster in a way that's not advantageous or raises the floor of that room. And if they truly don't feel passionate about a quarterback, a la Spencer Sanders, if if they don't think that he is an improvement to that room or – fits the, you know I mean, the small things that they're looking for out of a quarterback, 
beyond just what he's physically capable of doing, then they don't need to pursue him. They need to make sure that they're comfortable with the guys that they're bringing in, particularly at that position. You want to make sure that you got the right guy in that room. And if they need to wait, then that's exactly what they should do. I'll continue to be a fan and biting my fingernails until they find a quarterback. But I want everybody that I want people to understand that I think Hugh Freeze has bought himself a little faith here, right? With the way he's executed oh, yeah. the portal to this point. So I think we got to it, it, it probably as a fan base, just relax a little bit, understand that they do have a plan. They're, they're figuring it out. Um, and we'll hopefully we'll know what that plan is sooner rather than later. And, there's always the potential there's a quarterback that pops up here over the weekend. I mean, yeah. I don't think any of us walking into this weekend know exactly who's going to be on campus. But if yeah. something's going to pop, it's going to pop here pretty quick. And, and if it goes to spring, if, if they don't have somebody and need some to add somebody after spring practice, at least at that point, you'll have more of a whole roster to show a quarterback than you did yeah. two weeks ago where they've just been adding guys. And it was like, hey, feel good about these guys that are going to be, add, we're going to be adding all these pieces. Well, now you can say, we did add all these pieces. Here's how you fit with these pieces. You know, you didn't know you were going to get all these guys. Right now you're going into spring with three. You've got Robbie, you've got Holden, you've got Henry Henry Brown. Well, is Hank Brown not there for the spring? Is he's he- not. No, he's not. That's right. You're right. Yeah, he's a basketball player, too. He, he's right. a two-sport athlete, so he wanted to play his senior year of basketball completely. Good. Good. He can ball, too. Yeah. Work the hell out of your out of, the, out of Gurner and, and – uh, Robbie, Robbie, and and find out what they got and what they don't have, and and you'll know. You know, look, you know, not one person has. I haven't heard one person in the last several weeks say maybe Gurner could win the job. Uh-uh. Uh, no. What guys? Maybe Gurner could win the job. We don't know. I tell you what. That's right. Look, and, and this was reported by Justin Hokuson the other day. T.J. Finley will also be going through spring training. Now, I don't think any of us anticipate T.J probably remaining with the team beyond spring. But he's going to get a look. He's going to be in practice. He's going to be working out with the team. Um, and that's an extra arm to keep some reps off of the other two guys so that that's they don't right. overthrow or anything of that nature. That's the guy that's trying to develop himself. Keep warming himself up. Yeah, man, like Rico. Well, no. But, Nick, you know, again, Oden Gurner, we got good feedback on him. We got good – there was a lot of good chatter about him. Now the, the last staff was wrong about some other guys. So that makes you wonder, what were they wrong about him too? But um, we know Freeze said good things about Holden. Yeah. You no. Know? Um, so we're going to see. I mean, you know, I think everybody's just assuming that if it's if it's either going to be a transfer or Robbie. Well, I don't think Holden Gurner now, a year, a year in college, a highly intelligent kid, I don't think he's probably going to go into that situation and just concede that he's going to be the third string guy. You know what Absolutely I mean? Absolutely not. Hell no. Mike Bobo signing off on the kid gives me a little bit of hope there as far as – look, you can say what you want about Mike Bobo. He knows what good quarterback play looks like. Now, whether he – Holden Gurner was his number one on the board or not is irrelevant. He still signed him, took him, was very proud of that take. Um, and, and you're right, he's a highly intellectual kid that showed good movement skills in the pocket, showed the ability to hit – you know what I mean, all shots on the field. As far as that's concerned, he worked out in front of this coaching, uh, this past coaching staff, um, and, and they were impressed with him. And I tend to believe the kid's got some talent, some legitimate arm talent, and he'll be able to compete this spring against Rocky. Now, what happens, who knows? And, and we all know they're going to bring in another quarterback. But you're right, Keith. I, I think you can be encouraged by what Holden showed in high school, and hopefully he's developed in his strength 
um, his, his arm strength some, um, his awareness, and that this offense is a little bit more conducive to his skill set than the previous system that we were trying to run. Yeah. Two guys that has have visited Auburn have yet yet to make a decision. Transfer guys is offensive lineman Damian George from Alabama, and then Bryson Green from Oklahoma State, wide receiver from Oklahoma State. Those guys have visited Auburn. They both visited last week before the dead period. <clears throat> um. I don't really know what to th- – I, I would imagine Bryson Green follows Spencer Sanders wherever it goes. I know both of those guys were reportedly in Ole Miss this past weekend. So Bryson Green's been a couple different places. He actually went to Ole Miss, then went to Wisconsin, and directly after Wisconsin went to Oklahoma. So he's oh, yeah, been, Oklahoma. And it, to me, or my understanding of it is, it's an Oklahoma versus Ole Miss battle with Auburn kind of outside looking in as of today. Um. Who knows? You're right. I think he quite possibly could follow Sanders to Ole Miss. He could pick Oklahoma. I really don't know what the kid's going to do. I don't I feel have, comfortable saying he's coming to Auburn. You know, Damian George was a lot like Justin Rogers in that he left the Auburn visit kind of mysteriously of what was going to happen next. He didn't really go into schools that he was going to go visit or schools that were even talking to him. So I really don't know what the hell's been going on with his recruitment since he left Auburn last Sunday. I haven't heard. I mean, he, he's a, he's a kid that keeps everything close to the best. I think he did back in high school, to be honest with you. And uh, so, so those two guys are at least guys that we're still following, we're still tracking. Yep. Um, of course, Austin Keys. I, I'm guessing there's going to be some guys pop in this weekend. Hell, they can visit up until I guess Tuesday or Wednesday if they go. No, Wednesday is the last day to add, so they'll have to be in classes on Wednesday. Yes, that's the last day. So you got to think Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday are all days Auburn could bring. And listen, we've seen them bring in guys at, what, 6 o'clock at night, Keith? Yeah. And, and have them gone by 12? That's yeah. what happened with Avery Jones. Get them here. Hey, these guys don't need to go to the sorority parties or the or the barbecues or anything like that. They're, they're, they're about that business. 100%. It's Show me the depth chart. Use, exactly. Show me the depth chart. How do you plan to use me? What facilities do you have to be able to develop me? What's my NIO deal? Well, and it's a lot easier. There you go. It's a lot easier sell now than it was three weeks ago, because now you you, you can actually look at the guys Auburn's landed already. So I mean, you don't leave a team that's five and seven to go to play for another one that's five and seven, right? Correct. You're five and seven because you want to play in the SEC, let's say, and you want to. Hey, it's Auburn, man. I'm like, I got big expectations for Auburn. Well, now you look at if you're transfer, you look at the roster, and you're saying, all right, this is a lot better than it looked a few weeks ago. You know, and it's a little bit more appealing. So, um, and I don't know. I mean, I think I think they're in a good spot. I'm curious to see if there's any just complete surprises pop up this week. And then I'm sure there will be. I'm sure there will be. We'll yeah. not be surprised. Uh, Keith, I know we talked about these two guys, but Auburn has since added commitments from our last recruiting show in C.J. Johnson, Tyler Scott. Both DBs just to add to that defensive back class. Tyler Scott being more of a Zach Etheridge pull, the relationship there going back to the summer when he was committed to Arkansas State, Auburn offers, everybody freaks out. Oh, we're recruiting against Arkansas State. Texas, Georgia, Alabama, all these other schools came in. Tennessee with Tyler Scott. Auburn held off, got a commitment from him at the uh, All-American Bowl. And then C.J. Johnson a couple of days later, big safety from Texas yeah. who, Keith, if I'm not mistaken, that was more Wesley McGriff, more, more crime dog, right? He had, I think it was both of them. I mean, okay. but that was one of those ones. That kid wasn't even going to announce until February 1st. Yeah. 
he already signed, but he wanted to do it at his school, and then all of a sudden he pops out of nowhere. But um, McGriff knew him longer, I think. Well, mm-hmm. he knew he knew Zach from Houston, but I don't know how well they knew. But McGriff oh. offered when he was at Louisville, and then offered him at Auburn. But then when it became clear that Etheridge was going to coach safeties, <clears throat> Etheridge had to go visit him in Texas, and that went well. He, li- he, liked, right. he liked both of them a lot. I'd say it was a both combination of both. You know what I mean? I mean, Etheridge really just – Etheridge and McGriff, they just really click with a lot of kids. And, and, and seeing them together, man, they're going to be a, they're going to be a formidable, formidable I so. team. I think so. And what we've seen, just uh, personal interactions and then – via Twitter, Ron Roberts, the defensive coordinator, I think he's a good guy to bring in air support on some of these recruitments. He's, he looks like he'd be this serious guy. He's got the gray hair and all. Apparently, he's really funny. He's a cool funny. cat, man. Yeah. So, kind of like Steele. Yeah. Steele, Steele, Kevin Steele wasn't a guy that wanted to go to Texas and L.A. and Miami. You know, he didn't want to travel all over the place. But, man, he was a great closer with, yeah. with the Rodney Garners of the world. And I'm not saying Steele couldn't do that. I'm saying he's he was 60 at Auburn. He wasn't 35 anymore. You know, what right. I mean? in his in his heyday, you know, Kevin's the one that brought Tommy Frazier to Nebraska. I'd say that worked out pretty well. So, uh, but yeah, Rod Roberts looks like he, he, you know, he looks a little like um, Leslie Nielsen with the with the grit. <laughs> and like he's, the, I love his interactions on Twitter. So that that's going to be interesting. Um, I think they got you know they got a good combination. They got. Uh, White coaches, black coaches, older coaches, younger coaches. Polynesian. Yeah, Polynesian coaches with a, gr- a ton of experience. Coaches that are a little bit younger, but maybe they see things differently and can add a new perspective to an old dog that's been doing it for a long time and maybe set in his ways. So it looks like a staff that's got, you know, for everybody that says, thinks that that stuff doesn't matter, I, you know, a diversity of a staff. And I don't mean just color. I mean, backgrounds and all that. Sure. Everything. I, I don't think it hurts if, if they fit what you if they fit your culture, if they fit your culture and, uh, you know, have the, the, um, you know, the football IQ that Hugh Freeze is looking for in it, it looks like a staff that's going to be able to recruit pretty well. I mean, look, they already have. Just, they already yeah. have closed with on signing day at the high school level. Um, you know, they got a top 16 class right now. Who would have thought that was possible a few months ago? And it could have been higher. I mean, they came close to landing a couple other guys. Really did. It, it, and look, I I think we all saw the complaints on the board when a guy like Jeremy Garrett was hired, a guy that's not a name. I, I, you know, I mean, our new offensive line coach when he was hired. Well, you've just seen two young guys that have completely retooled their rooms. And I think what that speaks to is, is a head coach that understands what it takes to recruit in this league and how to identify that skill set in other guys, whether they're a name, head co- a name coach or not. I think once again, there's some proof of concept there that you have. You need to have trust in the head coach to be able to bring in that diverse staff that you talked about, Keith. Guys of all ages that can relate to different people in the recruiting process. A guy like Ron Roberts may be able to speak to the parents a little bit better, whereas that position coach may connect directly with the recruit and or the other people that are on the periphery of recruitment. We all know there's an uncle somewhere from now every now and again. There's always a cousin. There's always somebody that is a pivotal person in a recruitment that you need to be able to connect with. And I love the fact that you have a staff that has young guys, as young as Marcus Davis, who literally was playing six years ago, is now a coach. Yeah, four years, he was hanging out with me and Jeffrey in the uh, lobby of the athletic complex as he was driving recruits around in a golf cart. And that's good. Marcus Davis is not, he, it wasn't that long ago that he was doing that, that he was just a, an assistant in the recruiting office and was doing all the grunt work, 
probably getting coffee for, for Gus and people like that. And here he's now a coach. So he's going to have an appreciation for what the people that did, Absolutely. did do that job. Okay. He's going to, he's going to know that that guy that has to mark, you know what Marcus Davis used to have to do a lot? Drive guys to the Atlanta airport. Oh man. The Atlanta airport. He's going to understand that. The other thing, you know, take a guy like Wesley McGriff. So everybody's like, yeah. Oh, he's a South Florida guy. He's got all these South Florida ties. Well, he coached at Miami years ago, but you know where he's from? Georgia. Tifton, Georgia. So he can talk to the inner city folk. He could talk to the country folk. Uh, well, he was also, I think he was a, either a sergeant or a lieutenant in the Army. Well, you're talking about a guy that can relate to a lot of, and that was my, that was the NFL too. Absolutely. He NFL. He coached, the can relate. he coached at Vanderbilt. So he can talk to parents that say, you know what? This is all great. I can, I love the facility, this, that, and the other. But what kind of education are you going to get my kid? He can yeah. talk to those people too. And Wesley McGriff loves his golf. Okay? He's a big golfer. So, he could talk to Rick Smith at the Rick Smith Golf <laughs> Oh, you knew it was coming. <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, it, to, to have a guy that, with a broad background like that, and, and that's just one guy, by the way. So, he could talk to many different people. He could go into many different types of homes, okay? You know who was like that from a former Robert stuff? Larry Porter was a lot like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Go into any type of home <clears throat> and really connect with people. A, a chameleon. A, yeah. A, a personality chameleon. Here, I mean – you know, all you got to do is look – okay, yeah, he was at Liberty. But before that, he's with the Cleveland Browns coaching uh, Garrett, Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett. You know, look, I mean, that's a pretty good sell right there. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, so he's he's getting after it, man. And uh, and Jake Thornton, too. Uh, 29 years old. Yes, 29 years old and just tearing it up on the trail. And, gonna, and look, if you're an older – like the – okay, so people say we're – the OC and the DC, Ron Roberts and Philip Montgomery, what are the recruiting territories? Everybody always wants to know that. Well, first of all, coordinators don't – they're not all over the – they're not going all over the – they keep – generally speaking, they're going to spend a lot of their time close to Auburn. That's the way it always goes. It's the young bucks that you have doing all the recruiting. guy in his 50s doesn't want to be flying all over the country, you know, nonstop. And, um, and so it, it feels like they're going to complement each other well. I mean, you're hoping. I agree. I agree. You know, uh, signing day in February, we, we've said this before, we don't really have a good gauge on what's going on with it. Uh, no. We don't hear a lot, a lot of 2023 guys uh, that Auburn's going to try to close this class out with. I think they're probably going to be more focused on the transfer portal. But as always, there'll probably be a guy or two, maybe even three or four, yeah. pop up uh, before signing day. But that, that, that we'll get to that, man. I, I think we're all focused on this transfer portal that will close officially close Wednesday morning when classes begin at Auburn, but uh, already, man, 21, 21 signees from high school JUCO ranks, 11 signees. they got to start classes, but they have signed for a total of 32, a 16th-ranked class, but that's not including the transfers. Number three right now, but they still in the transfer portal still haven't updated that. Guys, any uh, before we go, any uh, how about you this week? Yeah, uh, stats don't matter. Okay. I really love what he's been bringing to the board the past two weeks. Stats has done a fantastic job. Um, with just kind of keeping everybody abreast of the transfer portal, various movements within that. It, it, it's it's a lot to keep up with and just very appreciative to have somebody of his knowledge based on the board. Yeah, I'll just go with one. I, I, I feel like Lord Lord George is just a, LG. a, a guy on the board. Uh, of course, the last guy I gave Habachis to no longer, <laughs> no longer is on the site. So I got, I'm, the, the, the kiss of death. Yeah. Hey. LG, good knowing you, big dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, I've got a few. I've got Contos 32. I've got a Habachi, the freezer burnt. 
Yes. How about you to Cal Barn? How about you to BJTWDE? How about you to the Ghost of Gus? Mm. How about you to Wardam 2X? I think that's better known as Wardam two times. So Wardam, Wardam. Uh, great stuff, man. The board's been humming along. We appreciate everybody. We appreciate the uh, the loyalty for subscribers sticking with us, the new subscribers we've had signed up. If you uh, haven't gotten signed up, we are still open for business with a big sale going on right now, $29.99. We'll get you through next August, not a penny more until next September, and I promise you it will be worth it the first week you get it. If you haven't liked or subscribed to our YouTube channel, please do that. We would appreciate it very much. So, uh, Cole is right now battling a tornado over yes, there in uh, yeah, West Virginia. Explain why he left so abruptly. <laughs> yeah, he was on the show, wasn't he? Cole <laughs> ate something that disagreed with him. He'll be back. Uh, we'll see him in a couple of Zuma's revenge right now. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, but we, we we do appreciate everybody, man. We'll be back Sunday night for the call-in <laughs> show. Keith and I'll be back Monday and Wednesday next week, and then we'll all be back next Friday. A lot going on as the transfer portal closes out and classes begin on Wednesday. Appreciate everybody listening. Appreciate everybody watching, man. You guys for Keith. For J-Head, for Zach in the back, I'm Jeffrey Lee. Man, y'all stay out of the left lane. See ya.